was stepping into a leadership role that was building leadership in other people, pro programming them, letting them know they've got everything it takes. All right, Matt, welcome to Young Smart Money. How are you doing today? I am good, my brother. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. It is my pleasure. So, Matt, our listeners got to hear a bit about you in the intro to this episode. But for those of them that aren't familiar with who Matt Morris is and what you're currently working on right now, give us a quick like 60-second snapshot of where you are right now, and then we're sort of going to flash back in time and work our way back up. All right. Very cool. Sounds good. So, yeah, I, uh, could, I do a couple things. I've got a... Um, I am the uh, top earner in a network marketing organization, a travel company. I've been with the company for about 10 years. Team's grown to over a million customers, um, organizations in 40 plus countries. So do a ton of traveling and speaking on that. And then I also own an online marketing company. So I own a company called Success Publishing. So we help people become authors. And then I have some products, uh, information products that are more designed towards the direct selling market. Awesome. Super cool. I'm super, super stoked to dive into both of those things, especially the network marketing front, because I get a lot of questions from the listeners who are getting involved in the field or who are interested in the field. Um, so I'm super stoked for that. But first, let's flash back in time to like your middle school, high school years. I'm curious to hear what Matt Morris was up to um, in that time period. So um, what were you doing? Were you getting involved in entrepreneurship? Were you getting involved in sports, school? Was, what was it for you? You know, I was... I, I was always fairly athletic, you know, I was in different sports. And then when I got to high, when I turned 16, I just got very motivated to make money. And so I got a job and it was like, I ended up um, kind of dropping out of football so I could work. I was more motivated to work and make money than I was to uh, play sports. So um, so yeah, that was me. I mean, my, I was raised by a single mom and so we were always pretty poor growing up. She was a single mom working her way through college and then ultimately law school. So she was, you know, always working two jobs and things like that. So probably created a lot of desire, uh, not having money had me want it. And so I did have aspirations of being an entrepreneur. I didn't really know how to go about it. Uh, when I went to college, I went to the Marine Corps 
um, right after high school, went to boot camp, uh, was in the reserves, and so came back and in college got involved in network marketing. And that's kind of, I guess, where I saw the dream, you know, of being able to be an entrepreneur, have financial freedom, be able to travel around the world and things like that. Took me a very long time, but uh, eventually figured it out. Awesome. So was that this same company that you're with right now that you were introduced to in college? No, no, different company. So um, signed up in Amway when I was in college. And so it was a great, I never made any money. In fact, I was, <laughs> I was in for two years. I sponsored three people, two of which I paid for to get in. One was my mom. I never even told her she was in. Right. So I was kind of like a secret agent, you know, I was embarrassed to tell anyone about it, but I would go to the trainings and the biggest thing, I mean, a huge learning experience for me, I'm extremely grateful because it really got me hooked on personal development. So started reading the books. I mean, there was a tape of the week and a book of the month. And so I subscribed to that and it just started filling my mind with, you know, the things that it needed to be filled with. It's funny, you know, in school we learn mastery, uh, we learn history, math, science, geography, grammar, but we don't really, we're not taught courses on leadership and success and you know financial freedom and all that and so I remember reading Think and Grow Rich mm. and it was the first book I ever read and I was just thinking oh my god I can't believe this isn't required reading in school I mean this is the stuff that I've been hungry for my whole life and I didn't even know it existed so yeah it was a crazy learning experience for me. Yeah. So you mentioned embarrassment and you were kind of embarrassed with this first company to tell people about it or to, to, to talk to people about it. So where did that embarrassment come from, do you think? You know, it's interesting. When I, um, I had never heard of Amway, I'd never heard of network marketing. I thought they were the only network marketing company. And I thought it was interesting in the presentation, they didn't say the name of the company until the very end of the presentation. And the person who had invited me to the meeting, she said, yeah, we don't mention the name of the company until the end because people have preconceived ideas and they judge us and, you know, the company's had a bad reputation in the past, like she was justifying this, but I didn't need any justification. I was like excited all in, like who wouldn't be excited? But then when she said that, it was like, uh, all right, I guess I should be embarrassed about it, you know? Hmm. And so it was just out of my comfort zone. And the biggest thing after 24 years in network marketing now, having teams that have grown over a million customers and you know, $50 million earners on the team and all that, I, the biggest challenge that people have is fear. So it's fear of rejection. And that was the case for me. I was afraid to show people what I was doing because of what they would think about me. Right. And they would say no and it would hurt and I'd take it personal. And so uh, for a long time, I did not share it with a lot of people. Hmm. It's impossible to make any money. Right? <laughs> exactly. So do you have any advice for the young listener who, whether it's in network marketing or not, who is who is struggling with rejection and the fear of being rejected in any kind of social setting or business setting? Like, how have you thought about that over the years? Yeah, so a couple things. I mean, one is, and I think this is important in network marketing or anything that you're marketing for that matter, is you need to be really passionate about it. And part of the reason why people are uncomfortable marketing a product or service and they don't want to talk about it is because it's not something they're really passionate about themselves. You know, if it adds value to your life, it should add value to other, others. 
so that helps in some cases. There were companies that I joined and it was not at all because I was passionate about the product. I just wanted to make money. You know, they had a great compensation plan, but the product was bullshit. So I, you know, that's one is be involved in something that you really believe in. That makes it easy. And then two, there's still, even if you believe in it, it's still uncomfortable for a lot of people. And so it is a couple things, you know, in getting over the fear is the only way to get rid of the fear is to do it. You know, I mean, it's having courage. Courage is not the absence of fear. It's having fear and doing it anyway. And the only way you're going to get rid of the fear is to do it. And if you realize that everyone else lives in this incredible state of fear and people aren't actually going to look down on you, they're going to actually admire you because they're as fearful or more fearful than you are. So it's not you're not unusual by having fear, you're unusual by breaking through your fear. So you actually will get respected for breaking through your fear. So that's one. And then you have to adopt a stronger fear. So if you're afraid of talking to people, what are you afraid of more than not talking to people? So it is like, for me, I got to look at it. There's a great book by Susan Jeffers called Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway. And so what she talks, talked about was, you know, a bigger fear than your fear of talking to someone or doing whatever you're afraid of should be your fear of living in helplessness the rest of your life. The fear of feeling crippled the rest of your life. The fear of, and you know, these are things that I've come up with in my mind is, I don't want to be afraid of being afraid. I don't want to be a little bitch. Um, I mean, these are the things I tell myself, right, is, all right, if I feel fearful, I'm going to call myself out and I'm going to say, Matt, you're being a little bitch, step up and do it. And so I'm the kind of guy that sometimes like I'll respond to a challenge, I'll respond to a kick in the ass. Uh, so that's what I do for me. That doesn't work to everyone. I mean, you will, uh, the mistake I've made is trying to lead other people the way I lead myself or the way I want to be led and I've blown people out of the water. So there's multiple, you know, personality styles there, but it's like, what, what are the negative consequences if I don't do it? You know, as I stay the exact same, everyone else stays the exact same. I don't get to add any value to my children's lives. I don't get to be an inspiration to my children if I don't break through my fears. I don't get to help other people through my product services and opportunity if I don't break through my fear. So what I always try to do is get leverage on myself and help people get leverage on themselves so that they can really push themselves to do it. And, you know, the thing that I realize is once the mind expands, it doesn't contract. So, you know, you've got to push yourself continually out of your comfort zone and then eventually your comfort zone expands and it becomes almost second nature to do it. It's kind of like with public speaking. The first time I ever spoke and gave a presentation in front of a group, I was nervous like crazy. I had avoided it at all costs. I got to a full-time income uh, in network marketing, just inviting people, but never public speaking. I would let other people speak. I'd have people in my downline who would speak and do presentations, but I wouldn't. And so I had a guy on the other side of town. He was going to have 100 people. He needed me to present because I was making money and he wasn't. So reluctantly, I agreed to do it. And I was a nervous wreck, butterflies, like thinking of all the reasons I, should, I could cancel and get out of it. But I did it anyway. I showed up. 
And thank God only six people showed up. <laughs> there were only six guests. I was so bad, three walked out. Three, like half of our guests walked out. I was so bad. And they say, there's this thing in network marketing. They say that you can't say the wrong thing to the right person. That's not true at all. Because one of the guys who walked out, someone else showed him the business a few months later and he joined and he became one of the company's top earners. Uh, so you can say the wrong thing to the right person if you suck bad enough like I did. Um, so it was a terrible experience, but I did it again and I did it again and I did it again. And I felt nervous for a hundred or 200 times getting on stage today. I can get on stage and I'm not nervous at all. Cause I've done it so many times. Now, if it's going to be in front of 10,000 or 20,000 people at one of our, you know, big events, you know, I'll feel a little bit of like pressure, you know, cause I want to deliver and I want to do well. So I still kind of will get the butterflies then, but it becomes second nature if you do it enough. And that's what I think everyone needs to have the confidence is that you will get over it if you'll push through. Hmm. So I feel like a lot of listeners who are getting started in network marketing are probably relating a lot to your initial sort of persona of like joining Amway and getting three people signed up and really being afraid to talk about it. So how did you get from that place to the place where you became a, a full-time, you were earning a full-time income from network marketing, like fill in that gap for us. Yeah, so it was really a lot of things. I mean, what you learn in the beginning is often way more important than what you earn. And I heard someone say, if you wanna build a really tall building, you gotta dig a really deep foundation. And you know, I was, it definitely had a lot of foundation building. And one thing that I coach people on is you've gotta be patient with your results but be impatient with your activity. You, you can't necessarily control your results in the beginning because you haven't uh, gotten the skills to control your results, but you can control your activity. So as long as you're doing the activity, be proud of yourself even if you're not having the results yet. So you gotta have the, it's, it's confidence that you will get it. So the analogy I use is playing the piano. If you really suck at playing the piano, if I were to give you a book on playing the piano or download an app on playing the piano or you get an instructor on playing the piano, if you practiced every day for an hour a day, every single day, if you practiced an hour a day, at the end of a year, you'd be fairly good. You can't not get good if you practice. And it's the same thing with this business. You can't not get good if you do it enough. And there's basically six main skills in network marketing. It's finding people to talk to, inviting them to see your product services opportunity, it's presenting, it's closing, it's getting new people started, and then it's training and promoting events. So there's only six things. You, you're going to have to get mastery on those six things. It may take you a little while. The, the less activity you do, the longer it will take you. The more activity you do, the shorter amount of time it will take you to get, um, to get good, basically. And so there's you know, a formula for success in life. I mean, for me, it's simple. There's only three factors. So your wealth is equal to three things. It's your financial vehicle multiplied by your effort, multiplied by your skill. Okay, if you have, I mean, most people fail in life, not because they don't work hard and they're not good, they have the wrong financial vehicle. So they get a job and the job is not ever going to give them an opportunity to become wealthy. So they don't have the first criteria. 
So getting involved in network marketing or internet marketing or whatever that gives you a shot at obtaining wealth. So you got that one covered. The only other two are your effort and your skill. How hard are you willing to work and how good are you willing to get? And so what I did over this time frame is I had enough pig-headed determination to, real, to figure it out, to say, you know what? I'm going to figure out how to get good. So it's reading books, listening to audios, attending events, and then applying the information. You know, a lot of people, what I see people stagnate, it's because they only do the personal development. They only do the studying. And it's kind of like you got, you got a left leg and a right leg. Okay. And you know, your left leg is activity. Your right leg is personal development. Well, they're doing a ton of personal development, right? They're walking there, but they're just going in circles because they're, they're not using the other leg. You have to apply the information. It's the only way to get good. The piano analogy, if you read a book on piano, study piano, you're never going to get good at piano unless you actually play. And it's the same thing in network marketing. It's the same thing in sales. It's the same thing in public speaking. It's the same thing in just about anything. You got to apply the information. So if you learn like crazy and apply like crazy, you're going to get good. And that's what happened with me. It took me a while to become the kind of person through my internal mindset and my skills to get to the point where I could create results. When you started creating results, what did that, what did that look like? Was, was it like when you, was there, was there a point really when you saw like a switch flip? Like, was there a point where you were like, wow, like I'm getting good at this? Or was it more of just like a gradual progression that eventually led to you becoming a top earner? It was a couple things. I mean, in the beginning, the first uh, two, three, probably the first three, three years, I just sucked in every way. Uh, no confidence, no belief, not taking action, but doing the personal development. And I really, I studied network marketing a lot. I read a lot of books. I studied sales a lot. I had some jobs that were in sales. And so I got good at the selling part, which is the recruiting part. So I got finally to the point where I became good at enrolling people, but I had no duplication on my team. So I would use all my sales ability to hard close people and get them involved. But then I was on to the next one. I was very transactional because mm. I just, you know, it's like, all right, I just want to win and I need to throw enough mud up against the wall and see what sticks. Well, none of it really stuck. <laughs> so, you know, that's where I got to the point where I could break out of my comfort zone and I could make sales, but no duplication. And there's no money in that. That is a low paying job. If you in network marketing, if you're just recruiting, it's a low paying job. So it's all in duplication. And so a lot of that was leadership. You know, there's a law of leadership in network marketing. It's true in a lot of areas, but uh, people will only follow those that they perceive are at the same or higher level of leadership. So if you're a seven on a leadership scale, you're not going to follow a five right? You're going to follow a seven and eight and nine or a 10. And so I was fairly low on the leadership scale. I was a good salesperson, but I didn't have a lot of leadership ability. And so I was only recruiting people at my level or below. And so I had to really raise my level of leadership, raise my level of confidence. And a lot of that was just my own internal programming, my own internal self-talk and saying the things and doing the things that a great leader does, which is when you make a sale and if you enroll someone and they become a representative, you don't just 
leave them to go do it on their own. You work with them, you lock arms and you let them know like, Hey, when you get started, I'm going to be here for you. Um, I will help you build your business. So my job is I will help. Your job is you build your business. Okay. I'm not going to do it for you, but I will help you. And I started implementing that. And it, it's something that I'll say in some cases, you have to go slow to go fast. So it felt slower where I was enrolling people and moving on to another one and enrolling someone moving on and enrolling another where I had to go a little slower. I had to enroll someone, take the time to build a relationship, help get them started, talk to the people they know, go do meetings for them, Starbucks meetings for them to teach them how to do it. And that's what allowed me to transition into actually being able to build a team that was duplicating not just uh, personal producing. Hmm. So talk more about building the team because like you said, I mean, it's a lot more about like really fostering that relationship and making sure that person has the tools they need to be successful. But what other things do you wish you would have known before you got into sort of building up your team and building up other people around you? Yeah. So, I mean, there's a ton, I, there's a ton of things that I guess I wish I've known. I mean, one of the biggest things is just the mindset of, um, building confidence in other people. So I didn't have a lot of confidence in myself. And one of the things that happened with me is I, I found a mentor who I really felt like he believed in me more than I believed in myself. So we're not typically taught, we're not typically raised and told you're going to be a millionaire you're going to do big things in life. You're going to go conquer the world. That's not a common thing. You know, we're taught we're going to go to school, get good grades, go to college, get a degree, go get a job, work for someone else for the next 40 years. I mean, we're not really programmed to be entrepreneurs. So it's weird, right? So people come into this environment and it's new and it's scary. They've never done anything like this before. And in many cases, they have tried something like that before and they failed. And so they've got the battle scars that they're carrying with them. So one thing that I, I eventually got really good at, and it took me a long time to just kind of figure this out. You think someone did that for me, I should have naturally done that to other people. But it's really believing more in other people than they believe in themselves and giving people that belief that, hey, you're young, you're charismatic, you're sharp, people like you, you have a lot of rapport with people, you can crush this in a big, big way. And if you lock arms with me, if you're coachable and teachable, I won't let you fail. And so I think that's one of the biggest catalysts for me was stepping into a leadership role that was building leadership in other people, pro programming them, letting them know they've got everything it takes to be successful, right? So I think that's one of the biggest things. I mean, there's so many lessons over the years. I realized we'll do more for recognition and relationships than we will for the money. And in our profession, just like most entrepreneurial ventures, there are going to be challenges. There's going to be valleys. I call it the valley of death. <laughs> okay. So, you know, people come in, they have a little success and then it dips back and everything goes to hell in a handbasket. And so that's where most people quit. And within network marketing specifically, if you've built a relationship and you have a friendship with someone, 
they're way less likely to quit because of the strength of the relationship. And so network marketing is an interesting business where it's so dependent on the value of relationships. And what I've seen, I think women tend to be better network marketers than men because they are naturally more nurturing. They're naturally more kind of motherly and they naturally believe in each other more than I think we do as men because we're kind of like beating our, you know, beating our chest and we want to go win and conquer and don't be a, you know, don't be a little bitch, you know? So it's a, it's been an interesting thing to learn over the years. And one of the things that I wish I would have learned earlier on, I kind of mentioned it earlier is that people are motivated differently. You know, there's different personality styles. So, you know, a training that I always talk about is, you know, we do it based on colors. So if you're red personality, that's aggressive. You want to win, you're willing to work hard. Hey, there may be some collateral damage, but that's okay. That's the A type personality. On the opposite of that, you have a yellow type personality and a yellow will never want to make money off of anyone else but they wanna help each other. They're team oriented, they'll help oriented. Um, they're way more emotional, they're way more sensitive, they speak slower. Then you have a blue personality. A blue personality is someone who talks fast, they wanna have fun, if it's boring, they're never gonna do it. Uh, if you give them too many details, they're out. And then you have a green personality. Green is analytical. They want to know all the details. They'll read all the company documentation and they'll analyze things. They don't necessarily want to make money. They want to follow a proven system that's going to build over time. And so it's almost like speaking a different language. So one is from a sales standpoint, speaking their language so that they will buy your product or services or join your opportunity. And then from a motivating standpoint, you know, I blew a lot of people out because by nature I'm very red and very blue. I want to make money and I want to have fun and I want to go fast. Right. And I want to have peak life experiences. And if you want to read manuals, I don't have time for that. I will never work with you. <laughs> okay. So, I would blow people out when someone would call me for advice and they're struggling and I would say, well, put your big boy panties on, man. And I'd say, I personally enrolled 12 people in the last month or, you know, whatever. And I would like say, here's what I did. And then they'd quit and they'd like, you know, he was an asshole. <laughs> so I had to learn to speak a different language because not everyone is like me. If that makes sense. Mm. Absolutely. So I'm curious more about the relationship side of things because I, I've seen that come up time and time again in network marketing. And I'm curious how you go about creating a genuine relationship with someone because clearly when you're, when you're building this relationship with network marketing, like you want them to be successful because you want them to have a successful business, but you also want them to be successful because you want to have a real relationship with this person. So how do you sort of think about that dynamic? So one thing is, you know, you can't, you can't build a strong relationship with everyone. I mean, sure. if you want to have a huge organization with ultimately thousands of customers, thousands of distributors, you can't have a personal close relationship with everyone. Um, 
and what I was taught was this is from uh, Art Williams, who started A.L. Williams that became Primerica. And he said that when you find a star on their team, on the team, then build the relationship. So when someone comes in and they go out and they produce, they go make two or three or four sales in their first week or couple weeks. That's someone who's shown they have the capability, they have the desire, they have the you know, fortitude to do something. So lock in that relationship and invite them to dinner, invite them to lunch, go play golf with them, go do something that's not business related. And so that's a strategy that I really started taking is when someone showed you know, a lot of potential based on their results, not necessarily potential like, oh, they have a lot of potential. A lot of people have potential, never do anything. Uh, potential is a fancy word for hadn't done shit. So when someone actually does something, then I want to build that relationship. I want to take them to lunch. I want to go you know, do something with them and really get to know them. Get to know them as a friend, but get to know like, why are they doing it? What are their desires? What are their dreams? What are their goals? Is it, are they doing this for their kids? Are they doing this for their parents? Are they doing this to get out of debt? Are they doing this because they hate their job? And the more you can really understand why someone is doing it and show that you genuinely care about them, then they're way more likely to continue through. And here's what I know is no matter how much success someone has in the beginning, people will come out of the gates and they'll rock it really quick. Everyone is going to hit a wall at some point. Everyone is going to have a challenge at some point. And if you haven't built the relationship, they're likely to quit when the first sign of a challenge comes up. And so, you know, that, that's really what I mean by that is just kind of building a real friendship and learning to like other people. When you learn to genuinely like other people, then they tend to like you. And it's, it's a very rewarding profession because of the friendships, you know, I've built some amazing friendships over the years because, you know, we're like-minded, you know, we're kind of like on the same journey. And, um, I think that's one of the things that makes it the, one of the most rewarding professions there is because your success is based on your ability to form really amazing relationships. So if someone's just getting started in network marketing, what would you advise them to do if they want to get noticed by someone? Like if they want to get noticed by somebody who like yourselves having a lot of success in the business, you said you find people who are showing signs of promise, showing signs of, of having um, a decent shot at, at being successful at this. What could a person who's just getting started do to catch your eye? So show up. It's really show up and take action. So there's uh, the old saying that you may have heard is, you know, people are saying, man, I'm looking for a, a mentor that's going to take me under their wing. Mm -hmm. And it's like they hang around waiting for the mentor to show up and, you know, scoop them up. So my philosophy was I want to find the mentor and I want to crawl up underneath their wing and grab on. Okay. But I've got to earn their attention. So I get daily, daily, I get messages, please be my mentor. Well, what have you done? Are you attending trainings? Are you showing up? Are you taking, you know, you're taking action. So the reason why my mentor agreed to work with me is because I took crazy action. You know, we did, this is 
back years and years ago, but we did events and you'd invite prospects to events and he would speak. Well, most people would invite one or two and they'd have none or maybe one guest show up. I would invite 20 people and have five guests show up, you know, so I'd have the most people in the room. So I earned the attention. I think that's the biggest thing is earning the attention and then reaching out, you know, uh, someone who's successful, they've got a limited amount of time. And from a business standpoint, they want to work where, you know, if, if I'm going to put effort into someone, I don't want to train and mentor someone who's not going to do anything. I want to train and mentor someone who's going to go take massive action. And then if they go take action, I'm going to put even more energy. I want to teach them everything I know so that ultimately they can become better than me because the long, the, the long game in network marketing is being completely insignificant to your group. So you go on a beach, you turn your phone off and your income doesn't skip a beat. The only way that happens is through building leadership. And so thankfully I've been able to get to the point where I have leader under leader under leader under leader where, you know, they're not dependent on me. But in the beginning, when I first started working, I put a lot of energy and a lot of effort into helping them become successful and self-sufficient and then teaching them how to grow other leaders as well. Hmm. So when it comes to really differentiating between like what sets apart someone who like earns a full-time income with network marketing versus someone who becomes a top earner like yourself, do you think that building leadership is, is really one of the most important things or like what, what are some of the core differentiators that you see between those two groups? Yeah. I mean, building leadership is everything. So that is, if there's one thing that you want to really study, it's leadership and you know, there's different levels of leadership and you know, I, if we had a whiteboard, I'd draw this out for you, but there's, you know, think of five different levels, like stairs going up. The first level of leadership is a student. So everything, all the levels, 